ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode six of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. My name is Jordan Lorenz, joined by the one and only Drew Skyberg. Drew, we got a lot to get to this week, and we got a lot before we get into things. Let's start with you here. So first of all, I hear you're kind of jumping ship. You were on a different podcast or something. What's up with that? Yeah, I was switching teams a little bit this morning. On a Sunday morning, I, I guessed I was a guest on Noah's Nonsense, and it's a great show. He talks about really anything. Anything goes on the show, and you guys should check him out. He'll His link will be in our description of our episode, so if you want to check out Noah's Nonsense, it's a great show. I was on to talk about my senior year and talk about some soccer and some other stuff, which we might have him on near in our show, actually, to recap the lake-to-lake soccer season, which would be awfully exciting. But like I said... Great guy. Check him out. And he's shouting us out too. So it's really nice, really nice gesture of him. Absolutely. And it's, it says nonsense in the title, but it's good nonsense. It's not like you're just going to waste half an hour of your time. It's some good stuff. Definitely check that out. Drew is a guest on there. And well, we have ourselves a guest, not this week, but next week, episode seven. Drew, we've got a very special guest and it's going to be a fun episode next week. It's going to be a great episode. We're going to be previewing the NFL draft and we have an NFL draft expert, Johnny Tim from Reedsville is going to be on to discuss some draft draft um, picks with us. And he's also, he's an aspiring communications manager or communications major as well, Mm -hmm. like you, Jordan, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, I love it when people try and be like me, you know, it just really hits the heart. And anyone who wants to be me, they can be me. That's really great stuff. But when we were talking about this, I was like, whoa, wait, the draft is next week. I didn't even know it was this soon. So we're going to have a big episode for ourselves next week. This week, we got some good stuff as well. Speaking of, we're debuting a new segment on the show to kick things off. The stat of the week, stat standing for statistic. We're not going to say statistic of the week. That's kind of a mouthful. The stat of the week this week, Milwaukee Brewers. Corbin Burns is the first pitcher with 30 strikeouts and zero walks in first three starts since 1906. So we're going back, what is that, 115 years. Corbin Burns, 30 strikeouts, zero walks in his first three starts. We'll talk about the Brewers coming up, but what a remarkable start to the year for Burns. This man, Cy Young, I mean, he's going off. I've been on the Burns for Cy Young campaign for since last year, even when Bauer and him were dueling it out near the end. And just, I think the start Brewers starting pitching as a whole, like as a rotation, they've been phenomenal. We'll talk about it in our Brewers segment, of course, but you really got to just tip your cap to these guys. They've been phenomenal start. They've had great strikeout numbers. They've really haven't given up a lot of runs. And when they give up runs, like on Saturday's game, unearned runs, like crap like that. And it's just like, it's great to see I'm really excited to see what the staff does for the rest of the year. It is a very, very good stuff to get things going. So before we get into Ominous Day, we've got a special announcement. This Thursday, it's finally here. March Madness Blizzard Edition. Drew and I recorded it before we recorded this podcast. So it's already done. It is for sure happening Thursday morning. That's when we like to drop our bonus episodes on Thursday. It gives you some time. It gives you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Listen to the main pod. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you've got to listen to the bonus episode. Be sure to give it a listen. A, a, a listen. A listen. I don't know what that means. Give it a listen. We've got 32 blizzards from Dairy Queen in a bracket going up against each other. We've got a special guest on there as well. You'll have to tune in to see who that is. We've got three of us, so there is no tie. There is no Siri coin flips. 
So no one's going to try and screw me over and say Illinois is winning the championship because it was all fair in this bracket. It was a lot of fun. It's like 33 minutes. So just a really good, fun thing to listen to. Definitely our most relaxed podcast as well. That and when we broke down March Madness and we filled out our bracket, it was just like that. So if you enjoyed that, you're definitely going to enjoy this as well. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've got seven subscribers now. We got some good numbers last week. Let's boost them up even more get some more subscribers and there was a bonus episode last week I did for Lincoln Volleyball that did very very well saying that they're going to state we hope that this next bonus episode is going to do well as well because that could lead to some more ice cream things that's our bread and butter along with sports so we would love to see that get some good numbers and we'll be doing some plenty more where that came from as long as that does well Drew are you ready for on this day let's do it on this day, the date today, I didn't, I don't think I said the date last week, but it's April 19th. So on this day in 1900, the highest scoring opening game as the Phillies beat the Braves 19 to 17 in 10 innings, 36 runs put up in 1900, 121 years ago. My goodness. On this day in 1960, baseball, nope. Oh, Baseball uniforms begin displaying players' names on their backs. I guess I never realized that they didn't always have names on the back, but there's still some jerseys. It's mostly college, but they just have numbers still. They don't even have names. So, And especially in high school, obviously, we know they don't have names on the back of those. On this day in 1987, I just thought this was a fun little one since I took the Brewers one out last week. The Brewers score five runs in the ninth inning to win 6-4 to four and record their 12th straight AL win. That's right. That was the Brewers in the Atlantic League back in 1987. American League. Yes. Oh, I said Atlantic. Oop. Oh, well, whatever. On this day in 1987, that's right. We've got two things that happened in 1987. The LA Clippers end their season with a terrible 12-70 and 70 record. That is just terrible. Like, why would you watch your team if it's that bad? Oof. There's nothing to say about that other than that's awful. On this day in 1990, the Pistons and 76ers get into a fight, accruing $162,500 in fines. Wow, they went hefty on these fines. I don't know what happened, but that's a lot of money. I think maybe for the summer sports spectacular, maybe, you know, we, we go back, we watch this fight, we break it down, give that our points. Fun. We could do that as like a little pilot episode even. That could be some good stuff. Yeah, don't forget, I forgot to mention, Summer Sports Spectacular coming soon. We're getting towards summer, getting closer. And on this day in 1991, Evander Holyfield, I said that, very weird. Evander Holyfield beats George Foreman in 12 rounds for the heavyweight boxing title. For those of you wondering, we're not mentioning Jake Paul and Ben Askren this week. That was not a real fight. None of that even matters that that happened. We're just skipping by that. That did not happen, in my opinion. So, that wraps things up, and now let's go to our weekly sports talk segment. Two people retired this week, Drew. Can you believe this? Two retirees. Yeah. Well, there was more than that, but these are just the big ones. Julian Edelman. Yeah, Julian Edelman starts out retiring. The longtime New England Patriot, he played with them since 2009. So he played with them his entire career. A very, very good run for Edelman. I had him on my fantasy team last year. He did okay, nothing spectacular but other than that in his career 6,822 receiving yards 36 touchdowns so 
not too bad. Julian Edelman had a very, very good career with the Patriots. I always love seeing someone stick with the same team their whole career. Yeah, I'd love me some loyalty for team or for players on a team as well. I think that's a really important aspect. So just like team and even professional sports, because with all the money and all the like going to LA or big cities like that, you just it's something you don't see a lot anymore. No, it's a lost art. It really is. And didn't the Patriots cut him and then he retired? That's how it happened, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they let him go. And then Edelman says, uh-uh, I've had enough. But something that really surprised everyone, LaMarcus Aldridge retires out of nowhere. He was playing this year. He was doing things for the Nets. He was starting. And then down he goes due to an irregular heartbeat. LaMarcus Aldridge retires. He obviously started his year with Portland. That lasted a pretty long time. Then he had this nice little run with the Spurs as well. He ended up in Brooklyn and drew just like that. His season's over. His career is over. Yeah, and he was a phenomenal player his whole career. He always, he was always a good role. Like a, I'm going to say, even a star he was, and in, in like some of his pri- in his prime at in Portland. And just one Absolutely. quote that really stuck out when he, as he posted his retirement message on social media, just this really stuck out to me was. When he said, for 15 years, I put basketball first, and now it's time to put my health and family first. I think that's just that just shows his character and who he, who he truly is as a person. And that's that's he, something, I don't know, that's, that's great. Yeah, and he's not just doing it for the money either. That shows that for sure. And he's putting his friends, family, and himself first, which is good as well because you don't want to keep playing and then have something terrible happen. And he did the right thing in his career. He did a lot of good things, and I think he did the right thing here to go out 1,029 games he played in his career, so not too bad. Quite a lengthy little career he had going there. The Marcus Aldridge retires 6'11", 250, it says he was at power forward and center. So that wraps things up. We're done with basketball in the pro level. Now let's move down a little bit. Marquette basketball drew his like in this one because Marquette has done some wild things. Before, as soon as Shaka Smart came to town, things started changing. Things were rolling in the best way possible. Obviously, the big name, David Joplin, has confirmed he is coming to Marquette. The other people in their tweet with him, Amari and Ellis and Kian Ichir, those guys coming to Marquette. But Joplin drew that as a big pickup for this Golden Eagles team. I think for Joplin, what stood out to me is the loyalty to Shaka Smart. When he was committed, he was committed to Texas. He was planning to go there. And then when when Smart leaves Texas and then he comes to Marquette, he decommits from Texas and then goes to Marquette. And I think that, yeah, just some loyalty. Marquette gained a four-star recruit. And he was also the number two because he's from Wisconsin. He's from Brookfield Central, I believe. And yeah, I think so. I think, I think that's a great thing as well, considering Wisconsin or Marquette really hasn't had a Wisconsin recruit since the Hauser boys. <laughs> So it's been that yeah, long. It's been a long time. And he's the number two player in Wisconsin on uh, the Wisconsin by Mark Miller. I don't know if you know who he is. He does a great job for the for with sports for basketball. So he mm-hmm. has him ranked really high, and that's going to be a great piece for Marquette. And then, like you mentioned, the other guys who are coming. This recruiting class, Jordan. I don't know if you knew this. Fifteenth ranked. They're ranked number fifteen in the nation. That's high. That is very the best high. way possible. It was around the 50s, at like a couple weeks ago. It was in the and 50s. Yeah, I was going to say, look at how fast things can change. I did look it up and confirm Joplin is from Brookfield Central. So he's coming here. But like you said about him, 
he committed to Shaka Smart, not to Texas. I think that was beautiful. I saw that quote somewhere. I don't know if he said it or who said it or whatever, but he went from Texas over to Marquette. This team's looking good. They lost Theo John, but that's Theo John, whatever. He's going to Duke. That that came out yeah, of nowhere. Was, I don't know what happened there. With a fifth year, because with the new COVID rules where you get the extra year of eligibility, that just really surprised me. Seeing, I, I figured Theo would leave, and we'll talk about some other guys who left, but seeing Theo go to Duke, like, I don't know. I felt like Theo wasn't really fitting in the system near the end of the year. He just really, like, I, I thought he would progress more from his freshman and sophomore year. When watching him, watching him his senior year, it looked like the freshman Theo John. It, it was the same. He had the same, same play style. It was, I'm going to take a few layups, take a few dunks, can't shoot free throws. I'll make one or two threes in the non-conference games and then go cold. And hey, listen, that's Shaquille O'Neal right there that you're explaining. That sounds just about what Shaq did, so yeah, nothing wrong with that. Theo didn't do that great near the end, and it just it was really frustrating to watch. He always got in foul trouble, so I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm okay with him leaving. I, I personally met him once. It was pretty cool, but... Wow. Big flex. Yeah, but, right. Garcia was basically his replacement in a way, almost, because Garcia outshined him everywhere possible. They were both the tall guys, and Garcia, he's going to the draft, right? But he might be able to come back. What was the whole deal with that? Yeah, so he retained his college eligibility. So if he does not get drafted, he's going to most likely come back. I don't think he's going to get drafted. I think we're going to see Dawson Garcia next year. I think we're going to see him next year. But there's a chance we don't. I think it's a mistake that he's going to the draft like this. I don't understand why. He had one year, and he did good. Like, he was doing some good stuff. But why not keep building your stock? Stay here for a little bit longer. I think he wants to see where he's at with, with pro scouts is really the whole idea. He wants to see where he fits in in this draft class, which I don't think he fits in this draft class. We'll have mm-hmm. the Bucks believer on to talk draft draft with us in June for the NBA draft or June or July because they moved it around. But some other guys who are not going to be with us for sure, Kobe McEwen, who we were talking about, who had a decent senior year, he's going to Weber State. Why? Like, where is that? I don't understand. I don't know where that is. And that would be like college mascots level like five. Yeah, that would be up there. Level 10. Webster State. Let's take a look real quick. Weber. Weber State. Oh, not even Webster. Weber? I've never heard of that. And And we got Jamal Kane going to Oakland. Was the in Utah. Ogden, Utah. Which I guess that makes sense considering McEwen. He came from Utah. He came from, I believe, Utah State or Utah. That makes sense. Originally. Going back to his roots. Yeah, then we have, like I just mentioned, Jamal Cain's going to Oakland. So those are the three guys they lost from transferring or from transfers. Yeah, this transfer portal is crazy. It's tough to keep up with who's staying, who's going. Like the amount of transfers is ridiculous. Like there is no reason these kids need to be going all over the place. And it's not just a Marquette thing. It happens all over with all these people moving left and right. We talked about it in a previous episode. I'm not a huge fan of it. It's like you're college. You're committed to a college. Just stay there. Like what, what makes you think you can go all these other places? I don't get it. Not a fan, but nothing we can do about it. Next up here is our baseball coverage. That's right. We are moving from basketball to baseball. There was not one, but two no hitters that happened. April 9th, Joe Musgrove. And April 14th, Carlos Radon, both of these no-hitters 
took place. The one on April 9th was the Padres beating the Rangers 3-0 to zero in that game. And these no-hitters, they're just one pitcher going the entirety of the game, which is very good to see. I kind of, it takes to lay away a little bit when you got a pitcher who goes six innings, no hits, and it's a combined no-hitter. It's just not as special, but Musgrove went 112 pitches, all nine innings, 10 strikeouts, didn't walk a single batter and the Padres 3-0 win over the Rangers. Anything to add here for Musgrove in this Padres win? What highlighted that one was, of course, how it was the only no-hitter in Padres team history, which I thought that was remarkable. It was a great game. I watched the ninth inning. Very exciting to see that. And this uh, this second no-hitter that you're about to mention, just, oh, that bothered me at the end. <laughs> Rodon, seven strikeouts, 114 pitches, eight-nothing win. For the White Sox, why don't you enlighten everyone what bothered you about this? Well, of course, the ninth inning. I watched this ninth inning, too. I was like, let's go. We're going to get a perfect game because there's a perfect game with he needs two more outs and from perfection. He's two outs away. Uh-huh. And then Roberto Perez steps to the plate, and the ball hits him on his foot. And, I mean, he, he kind of leaned into it, but I don't blame him. Like, he was trying to break up the perfect game, but just – he. Social media, of course, is flaming him after the game. I don't blame them either because yeah, right. this man got a perfect game taken away from him just because he hit a guy on a foot, on the foot with a slider that he could have easily stepped out of the way. But he, what are you going to do? Yeah, like you said, it was a slider too. It's not like a 99-mile-per-hour heater coming at your foot and you can't react. That I don't understand. Tough. But... Right. Whatever. No hitter is a no hitter, right? So. Brewers Cubs this is our next incident we have to discuss you want to talk about social media this got into it the Cubs and Brewers they played was this Tuesday's game when it all went down is that when it was I think it was Tuesday yeah I think it was Tuesday not positive but oh it says in the article right here in Tuesday's game so it was Tuesday I can confirm Major League Baseball's issued Cubs reliever Ryan Tepera a three-game suspension and undisclosed fine I always find those interesting And it says in quotes, which this is laughable in quotes, it says for intentionally throwing at Brewers pitcher, Brandon Woodruff. I don't know why that needs to be in quotes. He threw it right behind him. Like there was no, no bit that you could cover this up. And then after the game, was it Contreras was the one in the interview who basically admitted they threw it at him or was it someone else? Yeah. So Contreras also admitted um, Ryan Tapera also the pitcher who, who threw behind had a few words and I'm going to read yep. some of the things he said, because I think it's Please hilarious. Yes. Laughable. Today's brand of baseball is soft. I was just trying to send a message. I wasn't trying to do, or I was trying to what he said was he was just trying to send a message unquote. And then he implied that he, that he was not trying to do anything malicious. Yeah, right. Oh, it doesn't make sense. Is, Obviously, as Brewers fans, we look at this a little differently, but any unbiased person could see not only did the Cubs intentionally lean into the pitch that was thrown at him, first of all. I know that video has gone viral everywhere, too, but this one throws right behind Woodruff, and he's just trying to send a message. Like, what does that even mean? Send a message by hitting him if you're going to do that. Don't throw it behind him. That just makes it worse. It makes it 10 times more obvious, too. So I don't really understand Contreras. It says he got hit seven times in the past 14 games against the Brewers. And that, that is a lot. But Contreras also said he didn't think the Brewers were doing it on purpose. So no. if he's saying that, and then there's, which they, no way. Yeah, there's, there's film of like of the pitches that he's been hit on. 
and I watched a montage of all the seven of them, all of them high inside. The, the scouting report obviously says you're going to pitch Contreras in, high and inside if you want to get them out. So their pitchers are doing that. Once in a while, you know, it gets away from them, but not, nothing intentional. Cubs just got butt hurt. Their offense has been horrible this year. They're just getting frustrated, and they're just taking it out by, you know, throwing behind a guy like Brandon Woodruff, which I don't know why you'd want to do that. Yeah, especially the pitcher, too. It doesn't make sense. But these, The Cubs offense, though, they had like 10 or 11 runs the other day, so they had one good game going for them. And adding to the high and inside thing, Contreras, he mentioned that basically. He said, if you know that the guy can't throw fastballs in, I don't get why you keep going there. He's got a point, but the ball's just going to slip. Like It's a part of the game. It happens to everyone. You're not going to be able to throw every pitch exactly where you want it. That's just not how it works. I wish it was, but it certainly isn't. Brewers and Cubs, they've got more games coming up this week. Are you ready to predict this thing? Let's see how they do this week. Let's do it. So last week we decided was a test run because I predicted Monday through Friday, but Drew's a stickler and he wants every day of the week. He wants a full seven days, all the games in the week. So I said, sure, why not? Let's do it. So Brewers tonight play at 9-10 against the Ugh. Padres. Can't wait. Brewers and Padres on Tuesday play at 9-10. On Wednesday, 3-10. And then, you guessed it, back to the Cubs. Another series against the Cubs. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, all at 1-20. Very interesting that all those games start at the same time. Thursday off day again. So we got that back. Nothing to worry about. I went first last week. I said 3-1. and one. You said 4-2. and two. They went 3-3. Three and three. So I would have been two points off. You would have been the same. So we basically tied last week. What do you got? What are you thinking? I got three and three. I don't think, I think they're going to, they're going to win one of the three against the Padres and they're going to take two out of three against the Cubs. It's just this Padres team is ridiculously good. And I just, I don't, I don't know how they're going to fare against their pitching staff. Uh, we'll talk about the Brewers offense in a bit about how they've had, they it's been improving and it's been great to, great to see. And I just, I think they're going to take two out of three against the Cubs though. I, I feel like they're superior to the Cubs. We've seen it in the first, in the first few series against them. And what do you think? Yeah, I, I was going to go the same, but I'm going to be different. I'll say they don't beat the Padres at all. I'll say they go 0-3 and then they win two against the Cubs. I think the loss yesterday, that 10 inning loss to the oh. Pirates, that should not have happened, first of all. And then they got beat bad by the Pirates on Friday. Two losses that should not have had. I think it's going to be in their head for a little bit. I think it's going to take some time. They might lose five straight because they lost Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They might lose again on Friday and then win Saturday, Sunday. So I'm going to go two and four on that. I'm not too sure how they're going to. Yeah, right. I hope not. They're seven and four in their past 11. So that's not bad. They're moving on their way up again. But something just doesn't sit right with me about the loss yesterday in extra innings. Let's take a look at the standings real quick. Now, has every team even played on Sunday? Because that's when we're recording this. I don't know. We're going to figure it out. Brewers are sitting second in the NL Central, led by the Reds, who are nine and six. Brewers are eight and seven. Cardinals, seven and eight. Pirates are seven and nine. That's right. The Pirates are above the Cubs because the Cubs are six and eight. So the Reds are seven and two at home. They're doing Pretty well. Cubs yeah. are three and seven in their last ten games. That's not great at all. We're sitting for the, pretty for the Brewers team. I think um, I don't know. Just with Yelich, he's on the IL, and I I think now with Kane having some issues, just without 
Yelch and Kane, we're going to need McKinney to step up, which he's been doing that. JBJ had a great game Saturday. And uh, Garcia's been consistent. So if they if those guys keep hitting, and, of course, Vogelbach had that game, great game yesterday. So with the righty, I think with the righty pitching, I think I think this this offense looks really good. But I think I there's some question against lefty, a left-handed starter. Yeah, and I was going to mention the IL thing, too. The Brewers are oh, – we thought they were going to have some nice depth with their outfield. We thought everything was going to be going well. But they've got Wong, second baseman on IL. Kane and Yelich, both on that 10-day IL. It took Yelich about, what, three or four days, but finally they finally put him on there. I don't understand what took so long. And, like, what's the benefit of putting someone on IL? Is that just take them off the roster so you can bring another man with you? Yeah, or so is that... Now they can bring someone up, and that's the guy that make the corresponding move, I believe, uh, today. So we might already know what the move is. And... Yeah, just it was the back soreness. It's something that he always he that Yelich just mentioned it bothers him one to two times a year. Just unlucky it happens now. He usually does not go on the IL for it, so I was awfully surprised to see him head to the IL yet on Saturday. So that surprised me, and I hope he's back soon because that it's Yelich. I don't care. I don't care about his twenty twenty anymore. It's Christian Yelich. Yeah, that needs to be put in the past. Everyone keeps mentioning that everyone has slumps. Everyone has bad games. Yelich has been doing fine this year. He's doing well and. Yeah, the back soreness came a little early this year and it might be hitting a little worse than usual because, like you said, he usually doesn't sit from it. It's not that bad. He'll take like a day or two off and then not like 15 days off. I mean, he's going to certainly get a lot of rest from this, hopefully come back well. Other than that, pitching still doing well, like we said. And Devin Williams and Josh Hader, they both did fine on Sunday in the game. I was a little worried about Devin Williams, but he did fine on Sunday in the eighth inning. So any thing about the pitching you want to talk about relieving middle that middle ground still not perfect but getting a little better yeah I think the bullpen's been get bullpen's been great um obviously there's still some question I know Yardley's down now thankfully Angel Perdomo made his day or I believe he made his debut Sunday so that was good to see mm-hmm. and just Fire Eisen and Rasmussen I mean they've been kind of improving I know Fire Eisen kind of gave up the run gave up the run Sunday so I mean he starts at second but still he gave up the run um I just this bullpen's been it's been good it's been good I wouldn't say great but what's the bread and butter of course has been the starting pitching with the streak of eight consecutive games with going five or more innings and allowing one run or less it sadly ended but that was a phenomenal streak and that was that's just something I have never seen this I mean, it's a franchise record, of course. So none of it, we've never seen it before. Yeah, right. But that no. was beautiful. This Brewers team is something else when they're hot and they're down a little bit again, but it seems like this is going to be an all-year thing where they do really, really well, put up a bunch of runs, and then they go down. They're, they have the most runs scored in the first inning in all the baseball right now. They're starting off hot some of these games. It was 7 nothing on Saturday, I'm pretty sure, in the first two innings. So they yeah. got off to another really hot start. Team's doing well. The Sunday game. We keep mentioning it, but they lost to home runs. I mean, Vogelbach had two home runs for us, but there's a three-run shot that went against Peralta, and then Boxberger gave up a two-run shot, I'm pretty That's sure. Brian. Yeah, yep. tied at 5-5, five, five, and then, like you said, an extras just couldn't stop that runner at second, and then we didn't have anything going either, so nothing you can do there in the loss. Are you ready to move to high school sports? That's right, we're doing high school last today. Let's do it. The ship's football team 
They played on Friday. They got to host a game against the Madison club team. We were a little worried about this because that club team did very, very well uh, on their first game, but the ships held their ground. They were down 16, nothing in the first quarter. So not very good, not too good there, but they turned it around in the fourth quarter. They put up some points. Yes. Finally, this team gets on the board, but it was a defensive touchdown. Matt Mazer had a 45-yard pick six. Good for Matt. Shows that their defense can... And also, we should mention, it was like a third and 27 or something like that. So they kind of just threw it away. But still, Matt Mazer, pick six. Don't take it away from this team. They get a touchdown. The ships do well. Lose 30-6. to six. Could have been much, much worse. I think there's a lot to take out of this game. Maybe after that first quarter, I didn't watch the whole game. Maybe after the first quarter, Madison took some of their players out. But... I'm not sure. So we're just going to say they beat their or they lost their starters by 24. I mean, they put up six points, so they still haven't scored an offensive touchdown since the second play of the year. That's not good. But but according to the record, they're one and four because they didn't have to pull out of that game. It was Green Bay who did Green Bay Southwest had to pull out. So the ships get a win on the yeah. record. It's just like basketball. Sometimes you just got to be right place, right time. Green Bay Southwest goes out. Ships are one and four officially. <laughs> but now, ooh, Friday, they played a pier. And a pier is four and oh on the year. They are doing very, very well in oh, that no. block. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one on Friday. And that's the final regular season game, believe it or not. I don't know. This is an interesting season, but one season that's more interesting than that. Manitowoc Lincoln, Ships Volleyball. I recorded the breaking news update, which went up, and people listened to it. It was very, very well received. They went to state. They ended up beating Sun Prairie. They swept them 25-17, 25-22, 25-23. I think they were down 22-20 in that third set, and they came back to win it. So good job there. Ships beat Sun Prairie. The Ships were the two-seed at state. That game was at Kettle Moraine at 415 and then Saturday night at 7 o'clock, they played number one seed Appleton North, who's one of the top teams in the state. Ships get swept, but they held their ground. 25-20, 25-21, and 25-17. Obviously, the game got a little out of hand in that third set, but true. This Ships team, they went from nearly not having a season to finishing second in state and getting the silver ball. That's remarkable. I think that's excellent. And one thing I, I learned, here's a special fact for you. The last time Lincoln got a silver or gold ball in a sport before this, 1986 football. Oh, that's a long so time ago. I think that's just, that's a testament to this volleyball team. That's amazing. Go, go Lincoln volleyball. Yeah. And they lost a lot of players from last year. A lot of seniors who were playing a lot of varsity, but they've got two girls, Mary story. She's committed to Minnesota Duluth. And Mary's back next year. She was just a junior. And then Lauren Borkhart is going to St. Norbert College. She was a senior and she's going to St. Norbert next year. And she's doing track and volleyball, I believe. She's doing two things. So good for those two players, especially those two. And I don't want to say carry the team because this is a great team effort. They all are all friendly, all love each other. That's how it is in sports like this. And Lincoln goes 16 and two on the year, only losing to Kimberly and Appleton North. So that was great. First time ever that that volleyball team made it to state and they go all the way to the championship game, lose right at the end, but nothing wrong with that. They played their hearts out and that's all you can ask. Getting swept, not the end of the world because you made it to the state championship. I just spun the wheel 
and it's time for trivia. Green Bay Packers 2021 season. That being 2020-2021 season. I don't think this one's too hard. You're 20 and 35 in trivia overall. Ouch. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that one a little quiet because it doesn't sit very well. So, I, when I did this, the Packers season was pretty fresh. Like, it kind of just ended. But now here we are. A few months removed. We're going to see how you held up. See if you remember how this team went. All right. The Packers' first loss of the season came against? Vikings. No. Tampa Bay. It was the Bucks and then the Vikings? Oh, no. It's going to be bad. Yeah. Yeah. I said it's been a while. It was Tampa Bay that happened on, on the 18th of October. They lost oh, 38-10. No. That was that bad, bad loss. So yeah. Yikes. Yeah, that's that's not a great way to start. I thought that one was kind of a lock to get right, but it's okay. It's okay. Next one. It's not really a tricky question, but what quarter did the Packers thrive in? Because they scored the most points in this quarter out of any quarter a football team has ever second. Done. That is correct. The second quarter was the Packers' best. The next question. What was the Packers' record? In their division, it was. I gotta think about how many teams. Like, well, I was gonna I, say that first. How yeah. many games do they play? I'll give you that if you don't get it right. Well, I, I they play two. It's yeah. So it's gonna be they're they're five and one. That is correct. Yes, they lost to the yeah. Vikings. You scared me at first when you said two, but then two against each team. So yeah, I was just had to quickly think. Two out of three. This one will. Little tr- little tricky. How many Pro Bowlers did the Packers have? Well, let's name them: Bakhtiari, okay. mm-hmm. Alexander, mm-hmm. Rogers, of course, Adams. Mm-hmm. What am I missing? I'm going to say there's five. Incorrect. There is seven. Seven. So not bad. No, five is five is a good guess. There were seven. I couldn't name the seven. If it makes you feel any better. Final question. Aaron Rodgers threw how many touchdowns this year? It was a crazy number. 48. That is correct. That's just a oh, number pre- that sticks with you. Wow. I mean, I'll take the three out of five. I should have been, got a four out of five. I messed up that Def- first question. Big whoop. Definitely should have got a four out of five, but we will take a three. Your record now, as I update it, 23 of 40. That is yikes. <laughs> Could be worse, though. It could always be worse. 23 and 40. That is the record. Next week, we can confirm it's the final bit of trivia in season one. It's grab bag. And then that wheel is done. And I got to get to work and make some new trivia because we kind of went off guard with the college mascots, how we changed it to level two and level three. Had to add those. But I haven't updated the spreadsheet in a while because this is all I got. Grab bag is the last one. And then we'll basically say that will conclude season one of trivia. You're 23 of 40 right now. That is, as I pull my calculator up, a whopping 57.5%. I mean, there were some hard college up. mascots. No, I yeah, am not going to really take brought that. it down. The college mascots really tanked my score here. So I think other than that, I think it was a pretty good record. I think I've gotten three threes, fours, or fives in almost everything except college mascots. Yes, you have. Let's re- real quick. Let's go through this. Level one, you got four out of five for mascots. And then level two and level three, you got a one. 
NBA statistics, you got a three out of five, NFL MVP, three out of five, Packers, three out of five. And don't forget, you went five out of five on the March Madness or the, did you go three or four? Three or four. I think you got four out of five on the March Madness yeah. recap and then five out of five on the uh, episode with Robert Chimic. So that makes yes. up everything there. 23 out of 40, college mascots. Definitely brought that down, but we'll work on it next week. It is grab bag. That is going to be Let's fun. Go. Things are all over the place in that, and they're all multiple choice. So you don't have anything to worry about there. But that wraps things up. Episode six. Anything left to say? Shout yourself out. Do it all. That's all I got. Um, add my snap. Drew Skyberg. You know the drill. You know how to spell my name by now. Are we I doing an every other week thing? One week Twitter, one week snap? Is that what you're Yeah, you got to keep it fresh, you know? You got to keep it alternating. Well, I'm old school, and I'm not going to keep it fresh. Follow the Twitter, JordanLaw underscore P-X-P-J-O-R-D-O-N-L-A-W. And that wraps things up. Subscribe to our YouTube. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave that five-star review. We're up to nine five-star reviews. That's pretty well. But I know for a fact more than nine people listen a week. So let's get those five stars up. Leave a comment if you want as well. Subscribe to the YouTube. It'll really help. Other than that, thank you for listening episode six of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.